Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Rangers Rabble Extra. I'm your host, Scott Kennedy. Today, I'm joined by Derek McMillan, Scott Cameron, and Stephen Cameron. How are you all doing, gents? Very well. Excellent, mate. Thanks. Bad, bad. Yeah, good. Recovered after yesterday, isn't it? Yesterday, that, that lovely game yesterday. Anyway, uh, what we were going to talk about, and we'll probably just go around the room on this one. Start with Stephen. Um, how are you feeling about the league? Still done? Bit of work to do? Um, there's always a bit of work to do, I suppose, but no, pretty confident, pretty confident in the boys. And uh, um, maybe a wee bit of a blip yesterday, but Still definitely got enough in the tank to take us take us to to where we want to be, I think, by the end of the season. I think that fairly sums it up, Scott. I I just think uh, the next couple of games, you know, I think Easter Roads next Wednesday night, I think it's the hardest game we've got in the next five, six weeks. Um if you can go there and get three points, I think we've got a lot of home games coming up. Been very strong at Ibrox all season. Um, I just think we have to start games better. I think that's uh, that's been a failing over the last uh, the last few weeks, and I think certainly yesterday. I don't think we got off the bus until uh, until one o'clock. To be honest with you, they never never kicked a ball first half. But you know, a draw was a fair result. But um, we'll get ready for Ross County in three points again. Derek, at what point do you, does the countdown? become a point where we actually logi- logically look at this and go, right, okay, well, we've got to drop drop points in six games or lose six games or whatever it is, and then not have to, you know, them have to win every single game they play. At what point do we actually look at this and go, no, it's done? I think it's a little while away for that, to be honest, Scott. I think yesterday was just a, an indication that we can't take our foot off the gas. Now, we've got this massive cushion, right, and it's sometimes difficult to... To, to ignore that and go, well, we need to win today, but we need to keep that kind of momentum going and that kind of psyche until the league's done. Now, for me, I always said if we got to the end of January undefeated, you know, I would say, well, you know, we've got a great chance. I, I don't really think 
we my, that mindset's changed for me. Listen, let's Celtic do what they're going to do. Uh, I still think they'll drop further points, but we've definitely got to keep going uh, the way we have been um, and keep jocking off the wins. I, I, think, uh, sorry, I, I think uh, I, what you're saying there, Derek, is probably right. Is I think the mindset should be how many points can we get? Not that we need to get to a certain amount. Of, we can drop, we can lose a couple of games, but how many can we go the full season unbeaten? Can we get to this amount of points and keep on that mindset rather than like a mindset of like, oh, we'll get four games, we can lose four games. If we lose a game, it's all right. I think that can sometimes seep into a bad performance. We need to be like, we need to make X, we need to keep going. How 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 good a season can this be? And I think that will push us on. So I think a wee bit yesterday, there was a wee bit of a, a slow start, which maybe has a mindset thing, but if they can get on top of that, then we've got a good enough team to have a good a good end of the season, basically. So, so what, there's 15 left, isn't there? 15 games left. Is that right? Aye, so 40, 45 points to play for. We should certainly be going to try and get 40 out of 5 out of 45. There's not. Set yourself individual goals, Aye. you know, we, going undefeated would be absolutely fantastic. No one's done that, or one team have done that in the last 20, 30 years. So there's there's personal pride at stake as well. Like I don't want to sit here and say it's over and we can forget about other results and all that. But at the end of the day, if we if we win a win a win our games, it'll take care of itself. But you're right, hundred percent right. You've got to go and you know go and smash your target. You know what I mean? Okay. What was the target at the start of the season? Was it was it going when you got to Christmas? Sorry, was it was it going undefeated the rest of the season? Go and smash that. And I think yesterday proved that we're very hard to beat. Now we were poor and and massive spells, but you know we probably should have still won the game in the end up. So it shows to me that you know we're hard to beat no matter how 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 badly we're playing. And we we were on the front foot, and were aggressive in the second half. It was just a bit of a pain in the backside that it took you know to 50, 60 minutes to get going. But Motherwell were hanging on for the uh, for their, for dear life at the end. So it shows that we've got a wee bit in us to go and, go on another run definitely. Right. See, to, to be honest, I think without going over the game too much yesterday. They're always going to get a bounce off a new manager, you know. They were, they were, they were trying one hundred and fifty percent. They're not going to be able to maintain that over a period of time. New manager, it was always going to be a tough game. Motherwell was always a tricky, a tricky match, even when we're, when we're at our best, you know. It's but we came away with a point. I think last season we would probably have lost that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that. Well, yeah. What? Uh... I have noticed about the support, and maybe it's a testament because we haven't won the top league title for so long, is there is uh, the nerves kicking in. There's a tendency to jump on the back, probably overreact slightly. I don't necessarily see that within the squad. Perhaps if there were fans in the stadium, that may translate onto the pitch. I don't know. That's that's ifs, buts, maybes. Uh, but when the if the league was a bit closer, we may already have seen some nerves, but as it comes to the crunch point of, okay, well, this is it. I think we may see more games like this and more games coming up. So I take on your point of let's smash targets at points. I don't think it's, it's that straightforward. Yeah. It's not just season's targets, Scott. It's, it's monthly targets. I'd imagine... Um, Gerald might say one game at a time but I imagine when he sits down with his monthly planner he, he puts what how many points he wants for that month so I'm talking about the monthly kind of totals and even the weekly totals when we've got a cu- couple of games the weekly targets sorry so I'm more talking about you know getting 10 out of 12 when you've got 4 or 5 uh, hard games coming up you know and as, as Scott uh, said earlier on after Hibs we've got a favourable run if we can call it that so that's why that point end of January for me was always a sort of if we get there and we're still you know twelve points ahead then you know 
we can kick on and we can go right. We've got, I think it's Hamilton and a few other teams, no disrespect, but you'd be looking for full points uh, from them. So it's more like monthly targets than the season targets, I suppose, is what I'm getting at. I completely agree. I think Gerard's been very clear clear about that. Um, I think he uses kind of international breaks as break points and benchmarks to see where we are and, and the progress in the team. Um, I'm hoping next year with the, with the fans in may may see a different range of side. Uh, I'd like to see as I think Scott, you know, you said there we start off slow. I'd like to see us go for the throat. I think we were doing that at the start of the season. I, just, I, I to be honest, I think there's there's aspects where I think the crowd not being in the stadium has helped us. But I think there's times where the crowd would have helped us if that if that makes sense. You know, I think you know there's times where it, the tempo isn't quite there. Where if there's a crowd there, there's a a, a bad, a, a hard tackle, or, or just something that gets the that gets the intensity of the of the game up. I, I think that's the the one thing that I think we've missed this season, and I th- I still think there's certain players uh, would play better with a crowd, if that makes sense. Make, make yeah. sense to me. I think after Celtic dropping points on Saturday, I think if you were going to Fir Park and a Sunday kickoff with the fans buoyant after that, you're right. You might have found that that slow start doesn't happen. You could argue both points. I think the the no pressure at Ibrooks has kind of helped some of the players bed in, but also on the other hand, away from home, that's a, that great support that we've got has been taken away. So Scott, you're spot on, mate. Definitely, I can see it. Can, can see that. that. Can see that. Can you attribute any of the slow starts to you know Jared, his backroom team? What's said in the dressing room before the game, Stephen? Um, I don't know, but I have noticed this like a sort of over the last few years with Gerard that it does seem to get a reaction at half time. See, when we start yeah. slow, it does seem to get a reaction. I don't know what it is. It was the same in Motherwell, but I've seen it for the past few years. So I don't know what he what he says at half time that's different for the start of the game. But you know what? Sometimes the teams just take a wee bit of time to get into it. And if you don't start fast and another team starts quicker, it's doubly as hard to get up to that level at times. Yep. I feel like if you don't match him instantly, then you can get stuck. It's a bit like quicksand. You can get stuck in that sort of mode of like, you're not at it the date and you start feeling sorry for yourself and it's harder to get out of that. And it seems to reset, what I think Gerard's really good at, for me anyway, it does seem to be able to reset that. And, he, and I think that comes from a good grasp of the game. He knows what you say at half time and what, what points we need to work on and where we need to get at it. And usually it's just that intensity, just lifting that intensity. So it's a weird one. I don't know where that keeps into us, but, that's why I think what we were saying earlier, our mindset is so important. If you go in, sometimes I know it sounds daft, but see if you go in with a mindset like, don't go in, like you're already a goal down when you start a game, have that mindset where you need to go straight at it. Don't just think that you can turn up and it's now now and you just hopefully something start happening for you. You need to go at it straight away. So like we we're saying, those monthly targets of like, how many points can we get? How good can this season be for us? And I think that would spur us on and that would flip the mindset of rather than waiting for something to happen, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Gerard has transformed the mentality of a team. I think we can remember before he came in, I think one of the things that was levelled at us is that we were mentally weak. And that isn't mentally weak going into a game that we should win. It's during the games as well. We could easily, and I suppose at the start of Gerard's tenure as well, we could easily see uh, we would lose goals and then we'd lose focus and then perhaps lose another goal. And it was, Mm -hmm. there's definitely uh, been an evolution since Gerard has taken charge, and it's it's been really really noticeable over the three years. One of the things that he did do when he came in was build upon the defence. Scott, what when 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 Gerard came in, obviously it was an area that he needed to 
address, but what exactly has he done there? I, I just think you can see that the work that goes in on the training ground, to be honest with you, I think uh, they're, a very, uh, they're a very good unit. I think McGregor's, McGregor keeps them all on their toes, you know, um, personal preference I would have Golson playing alongside Hollander but that's just my own personal my own personal preference I think he Hollander's a better um, partner for, for Big Golson who's been outstanding this season um, the two fullbacks I think their, their priority is to go forward but I think they, they have done uh, they've done a good job we've only conceded seven goals you know I mean it's it's crazy three goals in a seven against Motherwell you know, it's it's an insane record, um, an insane record. And as much as you can pick holes in certain aspects of the goals that we've conceded at various points, I'd, in my lifetime watching Rangers, I've never seen a defence be so, uh, so you know, so many clean sheets. It's just, it's remarkable. Yeah, Derek, definitely. When, when he came in, it seemed that he had, he had to do a complete overhaul. And he started yeah. off with a defence, but it's the old cliche that you defend from the front. And you can see, by the way, well, the, the work. Yeah, totally. As Scott said, the training field, the work goes in and the organisational shape is there for all to see. And it's only got better from day one to, to today. Now, what you could see, the first time he came in the door, he bought Connor Goldson, you know, because you need to remember the last game before he came in, it was five each against Hibs, right? So he's sitting watching that, knowing he's company Ibrooks. Now, the easiest thing for a coach and a manager to do is to show things up, you know, so that's what he, he sort of did. Uh, if you remember uh, when we played Celtic the first time, we tried to defend and kind of nick something on the break. Now, he had to steady the ship by doing that. And a, a key to that is uh, the midfielders also. The two centre-halves um, are kind of left exposed at Rangers sometimes, you know, by design, you know, because Tav and, and Borna Barisic are, you know, up trying to get goals and assists. So who's key to that? That's Kamara and Stephen Davis for me, and especially Ryan Jack as well when he's fat. They fill in the gaps seamlessly. You know, it's not so often you don't see Kamara on right centre-back, you know, or, or Jack in right centre-back when he's fit, just picking up the ball. So they, they, they provide great cover. And also Davis drops in between the two centre-halves now. Seeing his first season, his second season, we didn't really have that... Um, that the brains to do that. Maybe we did, but we just didn't, it wasn't worked on, but it's really clicked this season. It's so seamless. And I used to love watching them. I sat quite high up in the main stand last year and you could see it all kind of coming together, but there's no doubt about it that the right recruits have helped. You know, Stephen Davis uh, coming in has really made us a different unit. He took a little while to get fit. Let's be honest about it when he first came in, but last season, uh, especially where we could see us getting back to where we, where we are now is he just makes that whole unit tick that Scott's talking about. He's, He's controlling the ball. He's also controlling teammates. But, you know, I've said this in previous podcasts, the best sign that Gerrard's had is Alan McGregor. You know, Alan McGregor, is, if he sees Conor Golson a wee bit over to the right, he's on him, uh, like a ton of bricks telling him where to be. That's the kind of leadership that... That's why we're successful now than more than what we were in his first season because all these things have been bedding in for the last three years getting work on the training pitch, leaders on the pitch getting better. Gerard and, and Michael Beale actually making players better as well. You know, it's, it's great to watch. And as Scott said, it's like a seamless unit. If Tav goes, uh, Ryan Jack fills in, you know, if Borna Barisic goes, Kamara fills in, you can tell they've spent great time on a training pitch. So it's only a testament to the work that they do. They, you can see it. You know, you can see we've got a game plan and everyone knows it. Yeah, Derek, you've absolutely, you've probably nailed one of my favourite things about this Rangers team. 
it's just they know exactly where they're supposed to be. When you can see a team and its shape without the ball and you, you can see a team frustrated with the ball trying to break this team down, there's nothing more pleasing. It's not a 10 men behind the ball against the backs to the wall kind of job. It's a methodical thought out process that they've all worked on for three years. And Connor Goldson said it himself. It's something that we walked on straight away as soon as he was in the door. Um, it can definitely, I suppose, Stephen, when Gerard comes and meets the press after a bad result, he always says, I didn't recognise my Rangers team there. And for a while, I think I've said this before, we all struggled with, okay, well, what, what, what is he actually talking about? We don't actually know. I think we can now see what a Stephen Gerrard team should look like. However, you could draw a lot of, lot of similarities with Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, can't you? Uh, you can see he's kind of, maybe they've obviously been an under-18s team there, him and Bale in the sort of same academy. You can kind of see that that's the philosophy they're going for and that's the, the game plan they want. And like you say, it's definitely an identity stamped on Rangers now, isn't it? I feel like you can see the team and you can see what they want to do and that team working in motion together is brilliant. And I think one of the things that he's brought in that, is massive for me and it's a wee bit off a tactical sort of side of things is that he came in and he fronted up the challenge and I think that's one thing Rangers were missing for years before that like when Warburton was in there I felt like we were weak as a team in shape outside the ball like we could lose the ball and then next minute we'll get three players attacking at us and just our team went all over the place where I feel he showed that up so as a shape wise but also fronting that challenge is massive the first thing he came in and said let's go let's do it we, we embrace that challenge and I, I think that was huge and that's the biggest thing for me. That's an identity of Rangers is we're up for the challenge. We'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll take it on. And that's one of the big things for me, to be honest. Yeah. don't know if that answers your question there, but just wait. See, see the Liverpool <laughs> thing, it's, it's funny because you're watching that game yesterday against Man United and they've got two central midfielders playing defence. Now, that's, not, that's, not a, a, that's because the guys are so used to dropping in when uh, Trent and Alexander and Andy Robertson go up the pitch. That's why Stephen Davis, he does that for Rangers. And Ryan Jack does it and Glenn Kamara does it. So it's no, it was no surprise to me to see two central midfielders playing centre-half and still being solid because they spend most of their time as a centre-half when Liverpool have got the ball. And it's the exact same in the Rangers team. So that, to get that comparison spot on for me, and that's why Fabinho and Henderson looked so good yesterday because that's where they spend most of their time and that's where Stephen Davis and and uh, Ryan Jack especially spend most of their time when they're playing I think you can yeah. see that see when you're watching Rangers it's all these wee trigger moments you see in the park isn't it? as soon as, as Tavenier goes Davis knows he needs to drop it's all these wee points they can see each other moving and it's just that it's seamless and it's that's what makes it so hard to, to break us down when we lose the ball further up the park or it's, in midfield because somebody's already there beforehand they've already sensed yeah. the danger and it's just seamless that way and like, like Derek was saying earlier that's hours and hours on the training park, and it's probably an evolution of the team over a few years of learning exactly what you need to do. If you look back in the look back in the first year, we were struggling against teams like the weird teams in the league to say like to be I don't know if that's but to say well it's the weird teams, and we we started to learn how to play against them. Then we learned how to go and beat Celtic and get to the top of the league, and then we had to learn there that like winners like celebrate like trophies and not victories and that's another thing they've learned I feel in the second year and we've put that into that that's combining those two things into this season I think is why we've done so well so far basically Just pick up on your point about the trigger moments I suppose it's one of the benefits of being behind closed doors you can actually hear the players talking the players shouting and if, if there's a point where it all happens 
behind the scenes, they'll pinpoint someone in the opposition backline when they pick up the ball. They're, they're a trigger moment. You go press them because you know they're weak with the ball or they're in and around the, the, the danger zone. You can hear them shout, go, go, go. And then the, 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 the press in motion is, again, something that's brilliant to watch. Um, where we've actually really improved as well, and I don't think we're the finished article, Scott, is attacking. Um, Gerard has flirted over the years with wingers. I mean, probably something to do with more he's inherited, but now we're moving to a more, uh, or we have moved to a more narrow system. Uh, Derek, you'll have to bite your tongue for a minute about the number 10, but we'll come to you eventually. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Where, <laughs> Do you, what, what do you think, is there anything missing for Gerard at the moment or is it just the case of refining what, what we're doing at the moment? Scott? Um, I think the middle, the middle of the park for me, I think Scotty Arfield, I'm a massive fan of Arfield. I just think he offers something different. I think uh, he's just a good all-round midfield player that can offer the... the see if you could get a, an Arfield type age 27, 28, that would, that would be ideal. Um, I just think Ryan Jack's a miss, but I don't think you can go in with a three, Davis, Jack and Kamara, personally. I, I just think it's, it's too, 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 too samey. I think the, the middle, if I, if I had £5 million to spend, it would be on a, it'd be a, 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 a similar type to Scott Arfield. Um, just that can score goals from midfield, can can break the, break the lines, can make late runs into the box. That that's a, I, I think that's uh, something I think that we are missing at, at this present time. Yeah, yeah. Derek, come on. <laughs> well, how we how we play is we've got the two centre halves and we've got two sixes who pretty much defend that that and recycle the ball. That's what happens. Scott and Scott is spot on. We have missed Scotty Arfield more than any other player in the last three or four weeks for me because he's that guy that's going to get beyond uh, the two tens and, and Morelos up front. So he he comes from deep and he's very hard to mark and that's why he gets the goals late arriving. What and he's spot on again with the three midfielders he mentioned, Davis, Kamara, and Jack. That's fine if you're away from home against you know Benfica or teams like that and it's all about ball retention. But for me. And Aribo, and kind of go back to the Motherwell game, Aribo didn't do it well enough. Aribo's got to impose himself on the game. He's got to look forward. He's got to be rotating with the two tens to make sure that no one knows how to mark him. And that's what Scott Arfield's got over Joe Aribo at the moment for me. That's why Arfield, we look a much bigger threat when Arfield's playing that number eight position. But for, for me, um, Joe Aribo can grow into that player for me. He's only 23, is that right? He's, he's still young. He's still adapting to it. For me, he, he just he, he kind of came bypassed him yesterday, and, and and that was that was the problem with that. But do I see Aribo being that Arfield type that we need? I'm not sure. And again, Scott spot on. That's that's the position for me that we need better in. And fortunately, there are dying breed box to box midfielders who can get in the box at the last minute unmarked to score a goal. You had Lampard, Scholes, all these guys. You're talking 10, 15, 20 million to get a player of that, of the calibre that we maybe need it, they're hard to find. I mean, I can't, I'm thinking, sitting here thinking before tonight, who could play that position that's out there in the market? And, you know, it's not my job to find them, but I was really, really struggling. Uh, Arfield will be difficult to replace. For me, when Arfield's playing, it helps Kent. And it also helps, say, Roof or, or Hadji or whoever's playing in that other 10, inverted 10, because 
the, the defenders for the other team or the defensive midfielders also need to mark Arfield. And it's almost impossible. Whereas Aribo kind of plays in front. He's nice wee tippy-tappy stuff. You know, he's, he's lovely to watch, but he's not going to get behind you. He's not going to be behind you receiving the ball. Everyone's going to be in front of you. So, again... Again, just these rotations that we didn't do yesterday where Ebo kind of staying, you know, back that kind of 10 yards deeper that Arfield wouldn't and um, made us kind of struggle and the fluidity kind of went. So, yeah, God, God help the guy that has to try and replace Scott Arfield when he goes because it's going to be a it's going to be a tough job. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you hit the, hit the nail on the head. Uh, just while you're talking now, I'm trying to get some names in my head. I think... It's impossible. The, it's, the, I, think, I think the closest one I can think of is probably John Lundstrom from Sheffield United, but... That I don't really know enough about him to really say yes. Here's the thing man. about it: you made the point it'll cost a lot of money to bring in that type. See if you win the league and you get into the Champions League group stages. Champions League money is game changer. Um, it, it, it will then allow us potentially the following summer to bring in. I'm not saying 10, 12, 15 million, but the quality that you're able to bring in. The more the more uh, income that you've got, you know, it's just it's all part of the, the evolution of this uh, this side. Uh, if you if we win the league, going into the Champions League, it's just uh, you, you can then bring in that that better quality that can can yeah. just keep you keep keep you keep you moving on and keep you being successful. I, th- I think yeah. I think what it does do is bring a uh, prestige into it because I know we've lost out on a couple of players, albeit on a free transfer because they've gone to a team on the continent that was supposed to be playing in Champions in the Champions League and we've lost out on that and that they are that's the kind of pool that we want to shift up a gear into and be able to attract those players we don't they don't have to cost 10 15 million pounds but we have to offer them something other than Scottish football when they come so what 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 I find is interesting about the the squad that Gerard has assembled is we do have uh, a different variety of player for each position. Sometimes, and again, because it's the most recent example, looking back on yesterday, it doesn't always feel that like we've got a plan B, Stephen, and it doesn't always feel like there's something different coming. It's always the same. But that necessarily doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem because, you know, we scored yesterday and sometimes the same does work. But when we've got a variety of players, do you think there should be more variety in, in how we can play? Um, well, within the formation, I suppose, ways you can do it is you can slightly tweak the four four three really to try and suit different teams you're playing against and stuff like that. With personnel, I agree with you. If we can get like a different type of striker who likes to go beyond, there's a player that's better at holding up and you can play like roof off him, it might suit you better. I agree, it would be good to have like the different options, but... I don't really feel that when I watch Rangers. There's no many times that I've watched this season that I felt we need a massive different option. I felt maybe tweaking it. And if we take things like yesterday, for example, I know there was a lot of people saying um, maybe we should have more shots for goal, uh, for a bit of range yesterday, where I was kind of not fully on that. I was quite happy with getting the crosses in the ball because I felt like that getting the crosses in the ball is a percentage type of game where you're got, where Tav and 
Barry are going to get a ball in that's going to make make them meet them at their forwards basically at a certain point of time. And I felt yesterday where I know I'm probably going on yesterday, but it's, it kind kind of happens a lot where teams are sitting deep. Where it was Golson that was sitting in like that sort of midfield position with the ball a lot of time and then spraying it wide to Tavernier. Where I wouldn't want him taking a shot at goal. To be honest, I prefer it spray it out wide. So I think it's just getting the right quality on the ball in the right positions of the parks will help us and just slightly tweaking the the formation where you need it to suit the teams would really help to be honest I, I, I'm not when I look at Rangers I don't feel like we need many different options than what we've got already to be honest I don't oh. know if anyone else agrees with that or oh, that's rubbish yeah. I just think ultimately got the goal, didn't it? Got the goal, didn't it? That's how we got the goal. The game yesterday was crying out for Scott Arfield. <laughs> you know, uh, the middle of the park, you know, I mean, I saw a start that we put in 43 crosses. It, it felt like 43 crosses for each fullback. Uh, I just think we, we obviously we got our just rewards with the, with the goal eventually, but I just think that the midfield players, there was none of the midfield players could offer something different. So it was the natural reaction was just to go wide, just to go wide. There was none of the midfield players were able to make a, you know, a, make a run into the box or try and beat a man. It was it was too it was too passive and too safe for me. Um, so I, I just think that's where I repeat myself again. One of the midfield three always has to be able to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right, uh, wrap it up with uh, a question each. So I want to know, I want you to give Beals or Gerard's rating, tactical rating out of 10 and a reason why. Derek? Uh, I'm going to give them a nine. From where we were three years ago to where we are now, it's almost nothing short of a miracle of what they've done with that team. We're now... Um, we, I keep saying it, but we were nearly fourth. We were leaking goals left, right and centre. We're now, even at our worst performance, teams still can't beat us. Uh, they still can't score against us. The midfield uh, dominate possession in 99% of our games. So that's the reason why I would give them a nine. Once they hopefully win the league, then it will move to 10. That's the only thing that's missing for this comeback that they've done for us, and, and that's a trophy. I can't speak highly enough of them. Gerard, as a manager, has grown up. His substitutions are getting better by the game. And also, Beal's tactical tweaks, you can see actually impacting games. And that was one of my major criticisms in, in year one. But listen, they're year three into their management. They're only going to get better. Steven Gerrard is going to become one of the best managers in the world for me. Um, I, I probably won't be at Rangers, unfortunately. And, and we'll look back in 20 years and go, thank God we had that guy when we did. This guy's going to big things and we're just lucky to have him. So nine out of 10. And if we get the league this year, then you ask me again in May and I'll say it's 10. Scotty? I, I couldn't uh, I, I just echo what Derek said. Uh, I can't actually add anything to that. It's, uh, it's, it's remarkable, the year-on-year progression. And I, I, I genuinely think one tro- put one trophy on and then it'll, it'll just spiral, spiral on from there. I can only see us going to be more and more successful. And I think we've potentially only got uh, Gerard and Beal for another another couple of years. I think they'll want to win the league again, uh, assuming uh, we, we finish the job this season and get into the Champions League. I think that's the I think uh, if they can do that then it's then it's a ten, you know, because I think if you think back to twenty fifteen, 
2016, you know, uh, the, the farce that we were and just uh, we are such a superbly coached and well set up side. That's, uh, I, I don't watch many teams um, throughout the, the, the world that, that everybody knows their job. They're just, uh, we're, you know, there's certain aspects of quality could could uh, be improved, but that's that's natural. But I think as a as a tactical side and a well set up side, I think uh, top class. Uh, for me, then I take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably go. It's a hard one to rate out of ten. I'm gonna go for an eight out of ten at the minute. But I'm just saying what the guys have said. The year on year progression and the adaptiveness of them. They've fronted different challenges. They've had to come in and work out how to beat. The lower block, they've got used to that, and also the the performances in Europe has been out. It's been some of the best performances in my lifetime watching Rangers. To be honest, I remember one. Of, I know. I think we get the draw. It was away at Porto, and we were absolutely outstanding in that game. So it just shows you those two guys. I think the tactical side is more real, but as well, it's a man management and able to get people going. And for Gerard, it's just it's just a perfect partnership. And there's probably more people behind the background that I don't know that are doing things. I think there's a guy that. That just pure, not purely works on set pieces, but it's focused on that and how strong we've been in set pieces. So, uh, it's it's brilliant to watch them, to, to watch them grow, and it's just. But I, I I do think we're lucky to have them. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, and this is something that Gerard always reiterates and hammers home. It's not just him; it's his management team. And I've already written an article on the website. Check it out, and I'll stick to my guns there, and I'll say eight out of ten. Uh, just purely for that, that, that's his number. But as Derek says, it will move up to a 10. And we've not even touched on his European tactics, the tactics that we do in Europe, which is it's almost a hybrid of what we do domestically, but even better, probably. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's enough from me. That's enough from us. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Cheers, Scott. Thanks, guys. Yes. Give us a, a like on Facebook, follow on Twitter and subscribe to YouTube and every other channel you can. That's us done for Rabble Extra tonight. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.